Today's scripture comes from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and verses 26 through 31, and I'll be reading from the NRSV. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And now starting with verse 26. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps upon the earth, everything that has the life, the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning. It was the sixth day. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The first digital camera was invented nearly 50 years ago in 1975. And it was invented by uh, an engineer at Kodak uh, by the name of Steve Sasson. And Steve Sasson, he took his invention, he took the camera that he produced that uh, required no film at all um, to the leadership of Kodak at the time, the premier photography company in the world, one of the most successful companies at that time in history. And they said, well, that's cute. Now don't tell anybody. And, and it was interesting because uh, the leaders at Kodak at that time uh, believed that they were so far down the road in technology, uh, in, in this race of sort of arms of photo photographic companies at the time, that they were so far ahead uh, that they got to determine what the market was going to be like. And in their vision, uh, they, they couldn't ever imagine that people would not want to hold onto a picture. 
They said they want a picture in their hands. Well, that's interesting. Because the only picture that I have printed out at a photo lab in the last 10 years was a passport photo. But every photo that's mattered, every photo that has captured a celebration, a birthday, a graduation, some moment that I wanted to remember more than some other moments, I've kept on my phone. Right there with me that I could turn to and refer to. And, and if I ever leave my phone unattended for uh, more than five minutes, uh, my daughter Lavender will take a number of selfies and fill up the memory on my phone. Uh, because what Kodak got wrong was that people don't want to keep photographs close at hand. People want to keep memories close at hand. Uh, one of our youth uh, here at the church uh, last night got to go to City Fest, and she went to go see Sister Hazel for the first time. And during the course of the evening, she got to take a selfie with the lead singer of Sister Hazel. And I know about this because her mom took a picture of her taking a picture <laughs> with the lead singer from Sister Hazel. There's these moments that we remember, that we hold on to. Uh, in my life, probably when, when I was my daughter's age, when I was 11 years old, uh, my family probably has uh, maybe five pictures of my 11th year of life in a photo album somewhere. Uh, Lavender probably has photos of every day of her life over the last 11 years. The memories that we create are something that we look back on, that, that stir something within us, that remind us of uh, good times, but also with some sort of anticipation that there's going to be some more photos and some more good times that come as well. So one of the, the best things that I have ever found that has come out of social media is the, the memories that pop up. And if y'all are familiar with the memories, uh, what happens is uh, every so often, um, different social media accounts or uh, even some of your, uh, um, your apps on your phone will remind you of some things that you posted or some pictures that you took some years in the past. And, and I found out this week that 15 years ago, Julia and I got engaged. So I'm glad my phone reminded me. <laughs> Social media saved me at least once in life. But it also reminded me that 13 years ago, I came back from seminary and I was commissioned as a provisional elder in the United Methodist Church 13 years ago. I knelt down and Bishop Williman uh, put his bishop hands on me and spoke his bishop words on me and commissioned me to do ministry in the United Methodist Church as a full-time pastor. And then two years later, 11 years ago, on that very same day, my phone reminded me that I was ordained a full elder in the United Methodist Church. And it didn't occur to me that those actually happened on the same day, just two years apart. So what has seemed like a fairly normal week for me has actually got some fairly historical moments. 
But every time that I look back on our engagement photos, when I look back on my ordination photos, it reminded me that those moments back when I had much better hair, a much less painful back, a worse fashion sense, I look back and I see what God has done over that time. And I felt like maybe like Kodak in those moments, that I felt like I was pretty far down the road. At each of those moments, I feel like I maybe had hit even a pinnacle of where I was in my life, in my relationships, in my career. But what I was seeing as a pinnacle, God was saying, we are just getting started. That God is still in the creation business. And so today on Trinity Sunday, we're reminded that in every way that we have ever encountered God as God the Father historically, as, as God the Son, as God the Holy Spirit, over the last three weeks, we have presented stories about each of these persons of the Trinity. We talked about the ascension of Jesus, that as Jesus wrapped up his earthly ministry here on earth and said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to make a place for you. And I am commissioning you to go out into this created world to the very ends of the earth and carry my image and my likeness and my name and my grace and my mercy. And then just last week, we were talking about the Holy Spirit coming and empowering the church and taking a church that was locked away in the upper room and all of a sudden sending it out into the streets with a new power and a new voice and a new creation stirring within them that became the birth of the church. And then today we read some of the most iconic words in scripture from one of my favorite scripture passages, and I know I say that about every scripture passage, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and without void, and the face of God hovered over the face of the deep. We have encountered every person of the Trinity over the last couple weeks. And what we find out is that in every way that God has come to us, we have experienced redemption. We have experienced new beginning. We have experienced resurrection and life and grace and mercy. In all those ways, what seemed like a change in what we had planned, the end of our agendas, and we didn't know what was on the other side of that, God breathed and moved and did something more incredible than anything that we could ever have imagined. God did something new in every single one of those moments. And what I love so much about this particular scripture, I had a chance to pray with one of my soldiers one time, and, and we looked at this particular scripture because she had never really encountered scripture before. And she didn't really have a good relationship with the church. And so I, I wanted to, to have a scripture that, that may be familiar, uh, that, that may be something that she had encountered before. But as we read the first words of Genesis, we were reminded that this story of creation, that we always look back and uh, we say that these were the first moments of creation, these are the first moments when God imagined us, that God breathed into us, that God shaped us. It's uh, the story of the cosmic God and what I like to call the dirty fingernail God. That God got down in the dirt and picked it up and shaped us and imagined us and fell in love with us and breathed life into us and called us good. 
This story isn't just something that happened at the beginning of creation. This is a story that happens for each and every one of us every single day. That every single one of us, we have some deep and some chaotic and some churning waters going on in our soul, don't we? We've got those deep moments where we're asking God for some new creation, for some plan, uh, for some direction, for something to happen in our lives. And in all that chaos that seems untamable, and all that chaos that, that, that seems like it can never be grasped, it says the Spirit, it says the wind, it says the mighty wind, the breath of God swept over the face of the waters. We read about a mighty wind last week, didn't we? With the Holy Spirit. And when God imagined us, when God shaped us, when God breathed into us, when God fell in love with us and called us good, God placed us in the world and then commissioned us to go and to carry God's likeness and God's grace and God's mercy and God's image into all the ends of the earth that we ever go. We heard Jesus had a similar commission just a couple weeks ago, didn't we? that God is in the creation business. That this story of creation, Genesis 1, is the Genesis 1 of every single moment and breath that we take here in this world. That every decision we make is an opportunity for a new creation. That every encounter we have, every relationship we start, every place that we go is a new opportunity for God to shape it and to breathe into us and to carry us and to make something new again. And so in the beginning, doesn't just refer to the beginning of creation. In the beginning of every day, in the beginning of every moment, in the beginning of every breath, God is creating something new. All the way from the very first moments of creation here in Genesis chapter 1, all the way to the very, uh, one of the, some of the, the last scriptures in the Bible in Revelation 21, 1 through 7. My, my favorite scripture to ever preach at memorial services and funerals because Revelation 21, 1 verses 7 is the final picture of what God says this new heaven and this new earth look like. That this new creation that we are experiencing all the way from Genesis to Revelation is the plan that God has to make all things new. A new heaven and a new earth and a new place to live with us. That the dwelling of God will be with God's people and the dwelling of God's people will with, be with God. And every tear will be wiped away. Every pain will be healed. Death and mourning and crying, it says, will be no more. For God says, I have come to make all things new. God takes brokenness. God takes this broken world and he takes all the things that try to break us and makes them into something new that births life and resurrection that bursts grace and mercy and takes hopelessness and somehow breathes it and shapes it and creates it into hope. And that becomes our story. That becomes our legacy. That becomes the image that is stamped upon us that we carry into all of creation. 
into a God that creates us, into a God that redeems us and saves us, into a God that empowers us and breathes life into us and has promised to live with us and in us. All the persons of this mysterious trinity of this triune God have come to us time and time again and have said that we are good, that God loves us, and that we will never be alone in this life. And today is that new beginning. Amen and amen. We have an opportunity today. on the first Sunday of the month to share in a story of communion and to share in that meal on that table together. And we are reminded that this is a story that has happened in some way 2,000 years ago. But Jesus said every time we share of it and remember, it's happening anew. There is a new creation. There is a new life. There is a new mystery. There is a new movement within us that reminds us that we are a child of God and God is with us.